All right, and we are now officially recording after two to three failed attempts at going live. I do not know what is going on with Riverside or YouTube. I will fix it later, but for now, we just wanna get this episode started. So instead of this being a live stream, this is now an upload and uh, episode for all platforms. This is a review of Tactical Responses Fighting Pistol where me and Jay met each other. So I go by the name of Testimona. Y'all know that if you're listening to me, AKA The Great Silencing. And then Jay, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Eleven Chuck, Gun Nut, that's the YouTube channel. I'm Jay Addison. And uh, yeah, I just do uh, this gun stuff, gun safety stuff on YouTube. So that's about it. And, uh, and then we, uh, then I finally decided to get some real training and, and ran into tests. So that was pretty cool. You know, you get to meet a lot of people up there. It's a lot of, you know, everybody from kind of different walks. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, well, it was interesting. And you had some, you had some training before that though, didn't you? A little bit. Um, I, I grew up hunting like everybody in the South basically, but, um, Let's see, after high school, went in the military. I did that for a couple of years. Got an injury, got out. And uh, I was an infantryman, though, so I did do a lot with firearms, so that was cool. But uh, after getting out, I started watching, you know, a bunch of training DVDs, things like that. Started uh, videoing myself a little bit. I didn't do anything on YouTube or nothing, but just videoing myself and watching myself because I could catch a lot of mistakes that way, that, like, you know, stuff I needed to fix. And, um, I don't know, just later in life, I started getting serious about it and I enjoy uh, showing other people firearms too. And, uh, I thought, well, the best way to teach people, if you're going to teach people, you need to go get some professional classes yourself, you know, kind of know the ins and outs. So that's how I ended up tactical response. I've been watching, uh, tactical response YouTube's channel for like 10 years and I finally got out and took one of the training courses and it was pretty flipping awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely more than I bargained for a hundred percent. So, so yeah, that's, so how did that, like, before we get into all the things, how do you feel like the weekend at tactical response? Cause I came into that shit with zero training. So I didn't have like nothing to compare it to besides, you know, shooting guns in the woods. Um, right. you know, like nobody was training me for fucking anything like that. So I didn't have anything, so but how do you, how did the, you feel like that compared to the training in, that you received in, uh, in the military? When I was in the military, when, you know, as an infantryman and uh, any kind of uh, action role in the military, you know, like your SEALs, your Rangers, the really high-speed dudes, um, you train as an aggressor. Like, you are the aggressor on an opposing force. Um, and then, you know, at tactical response, you're the defender. You know, so you're trained to deal with an aggressor. So I really had to swap that mindset. Um, I tried to go into it just with an empty cup. You know what I mean? I didn't want to like bring in my military stuff. I wanted, I wanted to get the most I could out of it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do everything they say and just absorb it all like a sponge. And I'm glad I did because, uh, it makes you realize, man, it's just like, I knew how to shoot going into it. I, that, that wasn't an issue, but, um, just the whole mindset thing. And, and being mentally prepared for a worst case scenario like that was a really big deal. So, uh, 
I, I thought that was, you know, that's just amazing. And I, honestly, in my opinion, you probably need to train more as a defender than you do an aggressor because, you know, like if you're somewhere and someone starts shooting someone, you're already behind the curve. You know what I'm saying? Like it's on already. You, you got to, now you got to catch up to, mm-hmm. to that. So, uh, and have a very quick response to it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, definitely different definitely different and you how so you said you didn't have any firearms experience no i mean like i had i've shot guns before but nothing formal like and have i been to a shooting range like yes you know and have i shot guns in the woods yes but it was never anything formal at all Um, so nothing like that whatsoever. Um, and so when I went into it, like, I mean, the whole reason why I got, I I got into it and even knew about it is because I was doing a live stream with, uh, two people from the self-reliance festival back in June and somebody who was listening to the live was listening (laughs) to my story. Cause I'm, I'm not, obviously you can tell by the way I talk, I'm not from the South, so I'm from West Coast and, and I've lived in areas where you, you literally, like the laws are, if someone breaks into your house and try, and comes at you and you shoot them, it's a murder charge. Like that's not, like you can't even do that without getting a murder charge. So it's, it's fucking, and it's a very high crime area. So it, it puts people in fucked situations. And when you do, you know, want to have a gun, they can be really hard to get. If you get caught with it, you are you might get a strike. And in in California, three strikes is life. And odds are, if you're in a penitentiary, you're probably going to rack up more strikes, depending on how much time they gave you. So it's a it's fucking sketchy. I mean, it's it should not be to where Tennessee is the polar opposite. It's constitutional carry. It's like you know, it was it was it's nothing for me to to get a gun out here. So, but out there it was hard. So when somebody heard some of my history and some of the situations that were very violent that I had been in and not had uh, access to a firearm to defend myself. Somebody in the live offered to sponsor my tuition to take that course because like, I'll be honest, I did not have the money to take that class. Like it was already like enough of a stretch for me to, you know, get a thousand rounds, like just for, just for that weekend. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh shit, like I got to get extra mags, like, you know, da da da. like even that was, you know, a lot. So like, thank God someone did that. Um, but that, that's basically how it happened is I, I met the right people and they were listening to my story and they were just like, you need to go train at tactical response. You need to do fighting pistol you need to do advanced, and then, and then they were like, then you need to do immediate action medical, then you need to do advanced pistol, uh, fighting rifle, advanced rifle, and then of course all their other classes, like, you know, the fight at night, which I, I just saw a clip yeah, they posted on Instagram of that, and it looks fucking insane. Like, it lo- did you see that? Where like all the fucking fireworks were going off, yeah, that's and they're like crawling the, the grass in the middle on. of the night and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that it it was intense it's weird like because for me I, I had some nerves before going into the class and I didn't know what to expect and like as an like a new shooter you know sometimes you st- like for me I would I still had that those nerves of 
like the initial pull of the trigger before you really get rolling and get used to like the noise and the kick. And I had a new, I had a gun too that I had never shot with me. So uh, that was new to me too. And um, do so, I mean, we shot so many rounds, like, but like before the first day was even over, I remember us all doing a grill, a drill where we were on our backs and shooting at a target, like in between our legs. And I remember it being like a hundred degrees. It was hot as fuck. Everybody on both my sides, which I know you were to my left. And then I think it was, Anne that was on my right. Like everybody's, everybody's shell casings was like bouncing off of me and like hitting me in the face. And they were like super hot. And I was like, fuck. And I'm like trying to focus and like shoot straight and like also not blow my legs off or whatever. And I just remember being so tired and so overheated and like sweaty. Cause we had been in the hot sun for like so many hours that I had to, ch- I was like, okay, well I'm for sure comfortable, but I actually ran into like, Hey, don't get too comfortable. Or you can literally like, this could be an end game. Like do not get tired with a firearm in your hand. <laughs> Cause I noticed that in that moment, I was like, Holy shit. Like it's just, dude, you're getting too comfortable. I just felt myself being like, to almost too relax. So I had to like get myself back into that mindset of just like be as alert as possible because this, this is not, this is life and death. Even if it is training, like if somebody, you know, makes a mistake or shoots in the wrong direction or does something, if somebody, I mean, that is life and death. I mean, there's bullets flying through the air. So, so that was interesting for me. So my fear my or my nerves around shooting are definitely gone like the loud noises the the recoil like I don't care what it is like like it doesn't I don't get anxious anymore like when I'm about to shoot like I used to so I appreciated that but I think just the bait like the yeah like like what you said the whole I mean you're coming at it differently because I I never thought about that the defensive versus aggressive style of of pistol fighting but um I mean, it taught me a lot of stuff that I normally would have never considered and just having so much practice of like properly holstering and drawing and reloading and knowing how to clear a jam and like firing in weird angles that like aren't, you know, your picture perfect shooting range, like Uyghur stance or whatever. And also moving like that was, it just felt more, a lot more functional because like, if there is a shooting in real life, like nobody just freezes and like forms like an artificial shooting range. And they're like, let me make sure I'm at 10 yards. Hold on. And just, (laughs) they just start like that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean like, so what, like, I I don't know. how did you feel about the whole thing? I know the, the night when we all got back to the the team room that was beyond hilarious, just like delirious laughter, and we were probably all really exhausted. <laughs> the badass, but I mean, even just the experiences you get from after the class, like hanging out when we went out to eat and and uh, in the team room and stuff. Hell, that's that's pretty awesome. But uh, but yeah, being able, like you were saying, I, I think it was really awesome getting to see you and Ann because. I would guess y'all may have had the least experience coming into it. Than oh, I'm pretty sure for, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a, that's a correct. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of that second day though, y'all were rocking, you know, that was so cool to see. Uh, I don't know that, that was just, that was awesome to me to get to see how far y'all came in that short amount of time. I mean, cause a lot of the dudes that's been shooting before, 
yeah, you know, they may work out some kinks, and we're definitely going to, uh, you know, ha- learn how to get off the X when you shoot and all that good mm-hmm. stuff in the different shooting positions. But, um, but yeah, getting to see you guys come that far, that was really awesome. That was a testimony to me to what that class can do for someone, is seeing how far y'all came, because that was flipping awesome. Uh, and, too, I don't know if you know this. Uh, this is sort of getting off topic a little bit, but... um. Kayla, you know, one of the daughters of James mm-hmm. Yeager. Did you hear about the women class they're putting on? Yeah, the, uh, what was it, Mag Dumps and Mascara? Yes. Yeah. I fought for that. Huh? Oh, you did? Yeah, she's going to be going to that. Oh. Because I, I it's like the American gun chick. And then I thought that was so cool a few years ago because I knew she did training. Come to find out she got pretty much everything she's got from tactical response. That's how she got her start was James Jaeger and tactical response got her on that path. So that was pretty cool learning that. But, um, but yeah, I love seeing the women get into it like that. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I, I mean, if there's a, if there's a dude that's the size of, I don't know, the rock or Shaquille O'Neal wanting to, to harm or rape a woman, the best equalizer in the world is a nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. I don't care what martial arts she knows. It's probably not going to happen if she's a hundred pounds soaking wet, but if she's got a nine millimeter and a, and a good mindset and knows how to use it, that's it. That's the best equalizer in the world. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, man, it, it really don't matter what skill level you're at. I don't think you'll get something out of that class. Something. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I came into it barely ha- having like only, sh- I could probably count on both, both hands, how many times I'd fired a gun. And then I don't think I, I might be wrong about this, but I don't think she, ha- she had it all either that, or maybe it was like once or something, but she was like, yeah. she was kind of in the same boat as me of like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is way new. And then we were like the only girls. And then it turned out that we knew each other and it was, it was super weird, but, uh, yeah, she's, so, she's so dope. I love her. So, um, yeah, she came like super, super far. I remember though, like when we first started day one and like we first started firing and, uh, I looked at like my target, you know, like you're obviously supposed to hit center mass. And I was always like, like my first couple rounds shooting, I was like, I'd hit a few, but most of them were like a couple inches away from where they were supposed to be just in the whole diagram completely, not even in the center. I was like, what the hell? And then I looked over at you and you didn't miss any. And I was like, how is this? Like, how am I missing? We're not even that far away. Um, and I think that's when you were like, Oh, don't worry about it. I was in the military. You're like, don't, don't compare yourself to me. <laughs> And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, cause you and the guy next to you were like not missing at all. And I was like, why the hell am I missing? I'm right here. But it was because I was one, nervous, and two, my grip was trash. Like I didn't understand yeah. how to like stabilize the pistol like with with the other hand while I was shooting and I was it was like more pulling and like not there just it, there was too many things wrong with the execution and the grip. So I'm glad that they walked me through that and were also not they were like relentless about it which they needed to be because you get tired and you get kind of you can mess up or whatever and they're like nope like like do it again and do it slow if you have to but you're gonna do it right like you're not you're not gonna train the wrong way here so 
You know, as far as pistols go, we really didn't do a whole lot of that in the military. I mean, our primary weapon was M4. Yeah. And when I got out of the military, I sucked with a pistol, to be honest with you. Man, it was not good at all. And it probably took me, man, I'm going to say five or six, maybe even seven years before I start getting a correct grip. I mean, just trying different stuff, watching training videos. And, um, and finally, uh, this past few years, I've been watching James Yeager and watching him he t- when he talks about grip in his vi- uh, videos. And I would just try to mimic what he's doing and video, self, video myself and get as much like him as I could. And, um, and as far as how tight you grip a gun, you don't realize that until you do like what we did when you're shooting hundreds and hundreds of rounds in a day mm-hmm. and your hands are sweating like crazy. And like you said, it's hot as hot as mess. That words come to me in a minute. But yeah, when it gets that hot, your hands are sweating. Um, or even if it's cold outside or something like that, and you're having a hard time gripping. You really start learning how tight you need to grip when you're trying to put, you know, 15 to 20 rounds on a target pretty quickly. That recoil controls a, a, a booger for people to get a hold of. Yeah, that, and then, like, I think it was by the end of day one and definitely day two, I didn't say anything because I'm, like, I'm not about to be the one that's, like, oh, my God, my hands hurt. But they did because of, like, how much, like, tap. Because any when we would, like, you know, get experience with how to clear a jam in real time in a gunfight, which does not mean, like... Cause back before, before this class, if I was shooting a gun and it jammed, it's like, oh shit, what happened? And then it's like, can somebody help? And then I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I like, you know, it's like, you're messing. It's like, if you do that in real life, you're dead. So like with the way they're telling you, they're like, no, if it jams, like you move immediately. This is what you do. You keep doing this while you are moving. You're still in the fight. And so you do not get to just be like, oh, hold on, hold on. So with, with the amount that I would be like hitting that gun or like changing out the mags and racking everything back and just so much like rough handling of that gun, like both my hands were just, they were so sore the next day from, from doing that. But I'm glad I got that experience too, because like even before this, like I, w- I was trash at even like properly racking back a slide. Like I'd like do it and it would be like, just not, it's never like, yeah. well, when you watch a dude do it and it looks easy or, you know, like I would just struggle with it. It's just ridiculous. So that I got comfortable with it. And obviously they like teach you some tricks or whatever to make, you know, help, help gravity work in your favor and not like against you. <laughs> But, uh, so that, that changed a lot for me too. But, um, yeah, the whole, the whole thing, the whole mindset, the community, I mean, have you stayed in touch with the like alumni people after the fact? Yeah, I got in the alumni Facebook group, which is pretty cool. Uh, Steven, you know, one of our instructors, I keep up. Yeah. Um, he said he's going to be watching this by the way. So, uh, he'll probably be checking it out whenever it posts, but uh, yeah, I'm still, uh, I need a message. I think it was Jason and Chad, the ones from, in was it Indiana? Is that where they were? Or is it Illinois? It's one th- uh, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, so another fun fact, yeah, th- to people listening, this all went down in Camden, Tennessee. I'm in Tennessee. Uh, Jay is in Alabama. and But there are people from all over the place. All over the place. So, yeah, yeah I- it was a whole thing. But I now reside in Sweet Home, Alabama. 
Um, fun, fun fact. I, I wasn't going to say this either, but since you broke the ice, I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody. Um, so my hands, yes, I, I jack, I broke two nails and I ripped the end off one of my fingers racking the gun. It was like bleeding like crazy. And, uh, oh I, my wait during the class, like during yeah. the weekend. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, oh my God. I had my nails cut short as piss. So I was like, I shouldn't have any problems, but, uh, I still, and it wasn't like bad, right? You know how you just rip a corner out of one. It hurts like mess. I did, uh. that, did that too. And then I cut my hand or just the bottom of my finger. Uh, I actually, so you know how when it stop when your when your gun stops tap rack immediately, mm-hmm. well it had uh, slide locked and you know when you got all that adrenaline going you're not really like you're, you're just tap rack and if that don't work reload. So I tap rack and the slide was locked back, so my finger wrapped around and you know the bottom of the slide where it's sharp. I just slid off. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even realize I did it until the next drill. And I saw I had blood on one of my mags. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I found it. So, uh, yeah, I didn't even realize I did it. Oh, damn. But I wasn't going to tell nobody. I wasn't going to tell nobody I hurt my hands at tactical response. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but you're right. You run the piss out of those guns. And, and I brought my Glock 19, which is before this class, what I was, that was my worst gun. Like I was the worst with the Glock 19 than anything, and um, and that was the reason I wanted to bring it. Number one, because James Jaeger recommends it. I didn't want any of those guys thinking I'm a bitch. So I'm like, you know, I, I really need to show up with Glock 19 right now. So I brought it, and uh, and man, it was awesome. I, I guess I just got to run it so much. That's like what I'm most comfortable with now. Really. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. when I was there, I was shooting the the pistol that I have, which is I have a Canic TP9 SF, and I which is like not the best for. Conce- I mean, it's it's a fucking great gun, but for concealed carry on a frame like my size, because I'm a very small person, like not height wise, but I'm just like really small bodied. So I'm, but I'm like, I don't give a fuck though. Like I really don't. I love this gun. I love how accurate it is. It's, it just feels like it feels so good to handle. It's, there's really not little to no recoil in my opinion. Um, so I got really used to that canic and I was like, oh, I fucking love this gun. Like I love it. It's, it's always, it's got 18 round mags and then a bonus one, you know, like I love it. I just love this gun. And then, um, one of the instructors was like, uh, here, uh, try, I want, I want you to try out a Glock 19. And I was like, okay. And then I started using that one halfway through day two. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't like this gun. Like, I don't know what, everybody loves Glocks. And every time I have shot a Glock, I don't fucking like them. And I'm like, they, like, I don't, I don't know why, but everybody loves them. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to see the light, but um, I, and it had a way bigger kick and it's like, okay, well no shit. Cause the barrel is a lot shorter than on a canic. Like that's a pretty big pistol. Like the Glock 19 yeah. is definitely better for like, if, you know, if females are wanting to like, con- like on their person concealed carry, that's a much better option. Unless, you know, you don't care that somebody can visibly see that you have a, you know, large pistol on your hip. But if you're trying to like tuck it yeah like a a glock 19 would be better but i definitely uh 
And I'm definitely not a Glock Knight or a, a Glock Nineteen, a Glock fanboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's I, there's sliding not, scales for them. Like my, um, my Sig P320s. Oh, I like those. <clears throat> I love those guns. Those are badass yeah. guns. I love them. Uh, Sig 365, the P365. I love that gun. Um, let's see, what's another one? Smith and Wesson Shields for uh, like a subcompact. Those are awesome carry guns. Uh, I just, I normally tell people, especially people that's new, if I'm training someone or whatever, I just tell them if they don't have a gun, I'm like, the Glock is a good starting point. I'm like, it not, may not necessarily be where you want to end up. I said, but as far as manage, uh, recoil management and, uh, you know, the Glocks are not known for good triggers. They actually got kind of crappy triggers. If you can get used to a Glock trigger, you will be a master at a SIG trigger or a Canon mm-hmm. trigger. You will be rocking that thing. Um, you know, a lot of little things like that. But um, but the Glocks ain't bad, though. I, I do feel they're outdated. I mean, they've basically been running the same design since, like, 1987. But I like my Glock 19. It does good. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say I would carry it over a SIG P320 or a M&P like uh, what Ann had. Those are awesome guys. Yeah, they too. are. Those M&P. Yeah, I've gotten to shoot both of those as well, and they were smooth. I think the reason why I didn't like the Glock, well, I had I had one experience where it was jamming on me constantly, but that could have been because I was, you know, not loading it correctly, or also it wasn't mine. Like I have no idea when it was cleaned last, so that that could have. Who knows why? Because they they are supposed to be known for not jamming and being reliable, supposedly. Yeah. But oh, that's yeah. why I got mad. I was like, "What? This thing is constantly jamming." But the, the other thing that I noticed is once I started using it, I was like, whoa, this is a way bigger kick than a Canic. So is that kind of what you're referring to is like, do you think it's because I know the Canic trigger is really sensitive. Like, what is it about the Glock's trigger that, that you feel like is kind of whacked? You know, it's what which the one I have now is a Gen 5. So it's the latest generation. But um, and I've shot them all. Uh, they all have like a. Let's see. So one thing I tell people, especially if you're not hitting the target, is to dry fire the gun. And and this goes into grip and stuff too. But when you dry fire it and you're watching your front sight on, you know, pick a, you know, if you're doing it at home, pick a light switch or something. But uh, how much that front sight moves whenever you dry fire. Pay attention to how, if it moves a lot, that's one reason you're not going to be hitting good. Because you're not pulling the trigger like tactical response said, straight into the mm-hmm. rear. Yeah. You remember that? So, uh, so if if you know your grip's a little off and if your pull's a little off, it's gonna jump. That front sight's gonna jump a little bit. And um, so the Glock trigger is just really rough and gritty, and just naturally causes that to be a much more dramatic movement than say a Sig or a Canic. Like just the trigger pull, even if you don't do it perfectly correctly. Those have a little bit of forgiveness to them, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. They got a little bit more forgiveness if you mess up or slap the trigger a little bit or may not have a perfect grip. Those are a lot better for uh, new shooters, I guess, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I guess it's a good thing I got what I got then. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
Because I, I, I had I had a hard time even never, se- like selecting when I was stuck between like two, but then like all of a sudden I was like, wait, I wonder if they got Canix, and, and then the guy's eyes just lit up when I asked. He's like, oh yes, we do, and I got the last one <laughs> that they have there or whatever. But I was like, oh shit, I just I was like, I fucking love this gun, but. But yeah, so so I am glad that there was variety. I don't know. I personally would like would like to do fighting pistol over again for me before I moved into advanced. And I also want to do immediate action medical as well. Yeah. Um, I don't. Are you gonna when you go back? Are you gonna be doing? Because I know you and your wife are gonna do uh, the medical as well. But are you gonna go straight into advanced fighting pistol? You think? Or are you gonna do rifle? You know. You know, I really don't know. That's something I've been thinking about. Um, which, which money for me? The one thing that gives me a, a lot of time to make a decision like that is lack mm-hmm. of money. But uh, so first, when I go back, our goal is to do the immediate action medical because I think that'd be a good class too. Um, and I know that class actually is going to isn't quite going to be like a fighting pistol. I mean, they're definitely going to be shooting and getting familiar with, uh, you know, their pistols and whatnot. But I don't think it's going to quite be a fighting pistol. So I had debated on when we do get the money, like for her to take fighting pistol, that I would take it again mm-hmm. also, honestly. That, I think I could get something else out of it, even. Even though I did pretty good in it. The first time there was still like, yeah, well, you saw me struggling on the, a lot of those crazy drills on that. Second oh, when day. we were like going in I between should... the barrels and having to move and like, yeah, yeah. that, yeah, I know I was too. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I've never done any drills quite like that, especially with a handgun, especially with a handgun. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty fun. That's something. And I and I'm lucky enough. I can actually set up stuff like that. I got land that we can shoot on that uh, I can actually mimic that stuff. So I may actually do that one day and make a video. But uh, but yeah, I think I probably will do the fighting pistol again before I start advance. Yeah, advance looks pretty so. wild because I, I, I have seen little, just little video clips of it, and I'm just like, holy shit, that was so seamless. But I, I it was actually a woman yeah. who was doing it, and she was flawless. But she's moving the entire time, had a hand behind her back. So she had to do everything one-handed. So that like the second day, the day two drills that we were doing, she was having to do them one-handed while also um, like reloading and racking at the gun and then going again with one fucking hand. So she was just, I mean, it was, and it was nuts to watch her do that because it looked so effortless. So I'm just like... Yeah, that's, yeah like, that's like next level shit right there. So I've I've definitely seen a few very interesting things, but obviously like they don't they'll let you film stuff like they'll they'll let some stuff leak, but definitely not everything, and you know for good reason, obviously. But um, but yeah, it was just like the whole thing was between the community is is tremendous, and the way that that extends to you after the fact, like there was a lot of tactical response alumni at the self-reliance festival earlier this month. So it was like really, really fucking cool to be around people. Steven was, Steven actually rolled through as well. Uh, cause they were doing fighting pistols that weekend. So it was like when they finished, okay. they could just like drive down the road to SOE. So 
it was really cool to just to see everybody and to talk, you know, further about it. But it just, I mean, it just the, it just completely opened my eyes to like, I mean, I, on one hand I had this lust cause I don't have land. So I was like, I, I need to finish shooting. And like, I still have a bunch of ammo. Like obviously I, I, you can never have too much ammo. Uh, but, but I was like, I still have a, like, I, cause I have, a, I do have a lot. So I was like, I want to go, I want to go to the range. Like I just had this intense feeling of I want to keep shooting I want to shoot the shit out of this gun but and it's like so I had that going for sure but then it's like it none of that is ever going to compare to live drills when you're going through scenarios that are in all likelihood going to happen that's what I liked about them is they cover like these are all the times that you these are all the situations that you don't think is going to happen or that you're going to overlook and like, that's going to be what's going to get you killed. So that's what you're going to work on. And it was all, all shit that I would not have thought of. Um, and then just in general, like moving or like, even when you're taking cover, I didn't realize that by me pushing up against the co- which you probably already knew this shit, but I didn't realize that by me getting as close as I was, that that was putting me in a great position to get shot. Um, like I, I thought yeah. if I was further back that I would be more visible and they're just like, no, no, no. And they explained, you know why, but they were like, you need to back off of the, your cover because that's, you know, that's going to be it for you. And you also can't see anything if you're that, if you're just, you know, your face is like right behind a wall or whatever, <laughs> like, what are you doing? So, so I don't know. I, I just, I loved the whole thing, but I think the, the majority of it for me was just getting comfortable, be moving fluidly with that pistol and, you know, being able to load, reload, racket, clear jams, keep going like fluidly, seamlessly, like all in real time and not stop. And that just kind of breaks, it it just kind of broke me in and also getting comfortable with like always having it on my hip and just like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I just, I really, I really liked it. It was, is definitely different than anything I had ever experienced. And for me, that kind of shit is important because I've definitely had many situations where, you know, like you said, like uh, the equalizer, like I've, I've had many situations where, wow, that would have gone differently if I would have had a firearm to defend myself with, you know, cause like there are some really whacked people on the planet. And I also like appreciate what they said too. And what James Yeager has said where he's like, if you feel like you need a gun to go somewhere, you shouldn't even be going there. And like I, that kept that in my head a lot too, is he's like, the best thing for you to do is to like avoid the problem. This is just like, in case you can't, but like, don't, don't like, don't think that just cause you fucking have the training means like start like going to really dangerous areas like and like bringing a gun. Cause, cause like, you know, like you don't, you don't want to use it. It's just like, you might be in a situation where you have to, and that's the whole point. But yeah. But yeah, I have been in those situations. And so knowing that like, if, if I was ever in that situation again, like I don't worry about the fact that I live alone anymore. Like I don't worry about like, if someone comes through that door, what's going to happen? Or, you know, am I going to have to rely on like year, like, you know, just like you said, the martial arts experience is like that. That might work if the dude is your size, you know what I mean? And it's, and there's no weapons. Like I've, I've been in a situation like that before, but, um, otherwise no, I mean, and if like, you know, there's crazy people that are armed coming through your door, which I have experienced before, like you don't want to fucking deal with that shit. Like that's, that's a serious thing. So, 
So it, it does feel nice that I feel like I, I, I trust me with that weapon, but I definitely want more training, like a hundred percent. But that's ultimately what drew me to like a lot of people where I'm from, when they would see pictures or videos of me, like, you know, even just going shooting, I would get from some of them a very negative response, like from that culture out there of like, you know, what, what are you, you know, cause yeah. they have like a different idea in their head about it. And I'm just like, you don't get it. Like I, I can't speak for men, but for women, it's a big deal because a lot of us have been assaulted or raped or stalked or, or all of the above or had, had a dude almost kill us or, you know, whatever. And we're not trying to have that happen again. So this is uh, this is a solution because we can't turn our bodies into being as strong as yours. It just, that's not going to fucking happen. Um, so that was what, you know, drew me toward it, not out of like vengeance at all, but just out of a sense of feeling secure in my own, you know, body in a world that is increasingly becoming fucking crazier by the, by the day, it seems. So I, I appreciate that for that reason alone, but I don't know, like if, if you, you know, if it was something that you grew up with or like what ultimately kind of led you toward, you know, your passion with, with what you do. Cause you're, you're at the point where you're like teaching people and like demoing different firearms and like, you know, you have a whole channel about it. Yeah. The, um, and one thing talking about like just all the stuff they told us, I love what Nate told Ann, I think on the first day. They were talking, she was talking about, you know, hoping she never had to use a firearm. He, uh, I love how he worded it. He said, um, don't ever pull your firearm. Don't ever draw your firearm unless you can verifiably tell someone whose life you were saving. And that includes mm -hmm. your own, you know. So that, that was really cool how he worded that. Though. A lot of people, like I got accused, you know, you're talking about different cultures. This is from somebody down here. They live in Atlanta, so I guess they do kind of live a different mm -hmm. culture than, like, on the outskirts of Atlanta, out in the boonies. But um, I got asked the other day if I'm trying to become an assassin. What? And I thought that was so funny. Yes, I, because I, I've signed up for some uh, jujitsu classes because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was a pretty big thing earlier in life is uh, martial arts. And, I, you know, I've not done any of that in a long time. And I was like, it'd be nice to take a a legit class and uh, I was talking about it at work and uh, so he he's like man you gotta you gotta love life and stop thinking all this evil's coming for you and all this stuff and I'm like brother I'm not thinking evil's coming for me I mean you know I do love life we enjoy life we do a lot of stuff but at the same time I'd rather be prepared if evil comes my way than not especially you know my, i got a wife and two little girls and he's a dad too he's got a wife and one daughter but it's just so weird how different we think about that you know what i mean it's just wild that some people have no desire to have that i don't know that protection protective side of them for themselves or their family i, I just think that's crazy i think it's crazy i actually yeah i i'm really glad that you brought that up like massively, because I think that that is a huge problem in our society right now. And I, I, I don't know, like, I think like men are being kind of attacked and kind of being conditioned of no, you should, cause that is a thing about men is that like, those are, are kind of the protectors, you know, that you guys do have that protector role, 
but I see a lot of it being like a lot of counter shit being like targeted at men to where they're like almost more like would rat because I've seen the same shit and it's it, it can get kind of heartbreaking when you see someone be like yeah, like instead of because if there's a difference between like just preparedness because if you see people training martial arts which I used to for years and those are some of the happiest people that you will meet like no one's mad no one's like for real like it's for real trying to fuck each other up in the right. gym if you do that like you're kicked out but not before like the person who owns the gym gets on the mat with you and like puts you in your place so like you you can't do that you do not do that shit when you're training uh you respect people in a martial arts gym uh you do not bring your ego in there but those are some of like the happiest most like well-adjusted healthy physically mentally like positive like I remember we'd be like training and then we'd go to like re outdoor like reggae concerts and like go swim at the river and shit like they were just so chill so I'm like the that that's a form of preparedness too and the same goes for the crowd at you know self-reliance festival same goes for people at tactical response same goes for really like any and anytime I've ever gone shooting I always have a huge smile on my face just because to me it is like it's, it's not that I'm like in there like, oh my God, I'm so scared. It's like, to me, it's like, it's, it's empowering. But when I see people, yeah. I guess some people will refer to this syndrome as being black pilled, but it's like when somebody gets so overwhelmed by the amount that's going on in the world and they kind of take it into maybe too fast or it's a system overload for them that they just shut down. They can go like one of two ways. They can shut, they can like spiral into a depression or they can panic or they can just deny outright that any any attention needs to be given to it at all and they'll often attack you if you if you even bring it up or if they see you doing it and they're just like no 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 nothing bad is ever going to happen everything is always going to be fine we're always going to be taken care of and I'm like who by who I can't tell you how many times I get called paranoid I get called uh, cuz you know I like uh uh Food storage, water storage, yeah. uh, horse ammunition. I like training, whether it be uh, physically training, just working out, or firearms training, or whatever. And um, I can't tell you how many people has told me I'm paranoid and all this stuff. And they even joke, or that I hope they're joking. They're like, oh, if shit gets bad, I'm just going to come to your house. And I'm thinking, uh, unless you have anything uh, of value to bring here, you're not coming here. Like, I've been telling everybody they need to start stocking food. Look at what's going on in this world, what the government, look at the trade deals we're making. Look what they're mm -hmm. allowing to happen in the in Europe. I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you got to get your stuff together. I said, because I don't want my kids looking up at me one day and saying, Daddy, I'm hungry. And there's no food at the grocery store. There, you know what I'm saying? I don't ever want that. So I'm like, you know what, we're going to be ahead of this and. And luckily, I have a great, uh, great better half. My wife, she's uh, she's on board with a lot of it. So we we uh, we try to live the prepared life. Speaking of which, I'd like to come to one of those um, those festivals you're always talking about. Yeah, the Self Reliance Fest. You guys would love it. Oh my god! Awesome. Yeah, there. It's 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 like it would be paradise for you guys. And the next one is in March, so like they're continuing. Okay. Okay, we may try to send me the dates when you get it, and we may try to like make a. But I want to say a, a shout out too to SOE. 
Mm-hmm. So I had no idea. Yep, I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. <laughs> so, so this is what I had a long time ago. This is a headband cover for some ear pro I had. I didn't even wear this to training because I bought it on eBay and it it sucks. But uh, Stephen told me about SOE, so I got on their website and I ordered some of theirs. This is badass. Oh, that's this so fucking dope, bad- dude. His stuff is no joke. Like, I can tell just by this cover. This is no joke. He, man, I can. I would love to go check out that store now. I mean, just oh, how, yeah. like, all the. It's crazy. Like this thing is bulletproof. That's so cool. And Stephen, he showed me some of his SOE stuff. I ain't gonna like talk about that on the YouTube's, but, um, but it was awesome. I, I really. Uh, I wish I would have known about them a long time ago. I would have yeah, definitely like as far as the rigs for uh, rifle setups and stuff. Yeah, that stuff's awesome. That yeah, stuff's so awesome. they like it's it's pretty amazing what what John and Amanda have going on up there, and then the people that work for them, obviously. But but so yeah, Self Reliance Festival is held there. So um, and so obviously you can you know go in and like you know there's demos going on inside, but you can also like buy gear like they you know they're not like closed um but it it, his that like the two of them story and his story and the whole story behind soe and how it came to be is so fucking incredible and uh, i've been there before when like during their working hours when i was because i had to go to get a gun belt and just seeing everybody with the sewing machines making everything on the spot and i had to get measured for a gun belt because they didn't have one in my size and then he's like okay cool like what what you know what colors do you want it in and I just I picked my favorite ones and he's like all right it's this size and like they had he had it ready like so fast I was like whole and it, it's such good quality so um it's yeah it's just you don't see that anymore like like where it's it's like yes it's a small business but it's like they're literally stitching the gear right fucking there like right That's there all- and so it's, it's just, it's incredible to see that and like how high quality it is. But yeah, that the story behind how that even came to exist is absolutely like, I, I'm the only reason why I'm holding back from saying it is cause well, for one, anybody can check out SOE or special operations equipment on YouTube and go through John's videos. You can find them on Instagram, da, da, da. And then there will be, uh, some things coming up soon that are going to be, amplifying and kind of projecting that story and that's all I'm gonna say on that for now but but there there will be some some stuff but his story is I mean he's an open book like that's information you can find now but his his story is absolutely unbelievable and like how he ended up getting out here and starting that whole thing like it's just it's fucking crazy but it's like you know last of a dying breed type shit because everybody is getting everything on Amazon but they're just literally like keeping people in business and making quality shit that, you know, you're, you're never going to find anything like that on Amazon ever. And that's to another point, anybody out there looking for quality gear, like I've been running a Haley strategic gear for a while. Um, that was just because I followed him and I knew he started making gear and I knew about him. Uh, I wish I knew about SOE, but when it comes to gear, people like SOE, it is so worth it to save up and get that quality piece of gear 
and not buy trash off of eBay <laughs> and a lot of stuff on Amazon is ten times worth it. I, I can't I can't express how much that's you won't regret saving up, taking a little extra time, getting the quality stuff. I mean, it's night and day different. And nine times out of ten, I'm sure uh, SOE, nine times out of ten, when you get a quality piece of gear, if anything was to go wrong with it, whether the stitching or anything, they'll replace it. You ain't got to worry about having to go buy a new whatever. They're like, you know, they'll replace it. Hell, they love to see their gear tear up because that means someone has done a hell of a lot of training in it. Yeah, I don't know what you'd have to do to fuck those up because they are pretty tough. But yeah, so yeah you'd, have to, you'd have to do some crazy shit. Like, you'd have to do some really weird stuff. But yeah, that's another bonus too of it being a small business is like, uh, you can literally, like, they're accessible. Like, you can literally contact John himself and, and be like, hey, this or the, what that, whatever. And he'll get, he'll get back to you. You know what I mean? Like, they're accessible. You're not dealing with customer service or none of that bullshit. So... So yeah, like I highly recommend SOE to everybody and I also recommend everybody come to Self-Reliance Festival. We had people that came from fucking Canada and also California and Oregon. People that came that far. And Washington. So yeah, we had people from the whole left coast and then Canada also that were also there. It was it was nuts. That's pretty cool. I want one of those combat cocks he makes. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's actually yeah. on this shirt. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's a funny story behind that shit, too. <laughs> I'm here at work, so I, I, I got goofy shit sitting on my desk. And I was like, I need to get one of those combat cocks put on my desk. That's definitely on the uh, to-get list soon. <laughs> yeah, well, if you guys, I mean, obviously you can order it whenever online. But if not, when you're there, you know, it's like you have whatever they've got, you know, like you can fucking... You can buy it, you know, there's all kinds of dope shit out there and lots of people from all over the place, like, demoing just the craziest shit. Like, there was a guy that, it, that like, hand-built this rock grinding, like, like wheel that was, like, grinding, like, corn. Like, I don't even know what was going on, but he was using, he was using, like, he took off a tire on one of his cars and tied a belt around, like, what normally spins the tires and just turned the engine on and, like, started powering this massive like a set of rocks that were just grinding corn flour. Like it was, it was crazy, but there's all kinds of shit that, that is out there, you know, from the canines to other preparedness experts to, you know, podcasters and shit like that. And people talking about like crisis mindset, community building, like basically everything, every, and then there's like Q and a for every speaker. Like there was one guy that he was hilarious that he was talking about, he was talking about guns, everybody had questions, but he was an international arms dealer. And it's like, you would just never know that these people are just out here at this festival, like accessible to you and just here to talk to you and answer your questions. But, but it was, it was definitely interesting. So, um, yeah, you'd like it and I'm, I'm sure your wife would like it too. So. Yeah, we're going to, <clears throat> we're going to have to check that one out soon. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so I will get the I'll get the dates. I know it's in March. I, I don't know if it's the first weekend or the second, but I know that it is always um, it's always going to be on a Saturday and Sunday. But if you if you're camping on site, you can get there earlier. Um, 
I'm not somebody that likes sleeping outside <laughs> anymore. Like I used to, but now I'm like, I fucking, I don't. So like, I don't like, I was in an Airbnb with like five other people last time. And, um, before that I like stayed at like some motel or whatever nearby. So there's like lots of lodging options, but it's, it is fun to like go in on an Airbnb with like a group. But, um, a lot of people camp there too. So it's like, you know, you got options and shit, but but yeah, so tactical response was definitely dope. I mean, for any, for, I, I can only speak for myself. And if there's any women out there that like feel like you want a gun and like you do have to take, you know, your own safety and protection into your own hands because, you know, like you, we do live in a world where you can't depend on calling the cops. Like I've, I had a dude try to break into my fucking house. I did call the cops. It took them over two hours to show up. Two hours. Like by then I, yeah. I had already dealt with it. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's like really two hours for an, like a break in, in progress. So, and that was years ago. I mean, it's just gotten worse now. So it's like, we, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing behind self-reliance is like, you know, do it yourself. Cause the government or the cops or whatever, like, you know, you're lucky if they do show up, but like, don't count on them too, because that's not happening right now. Um, and what, what I would like to see is for, you know, the community to start taking care of each other and shit. And it's, so it's like, I'm glad when there's people like you who are of a preparedness mindset and are like, yeah, I do want to be able to protect my daughters and wife. Like that is that that's how it's supposed to be. I think it's, it's, it's very unnatural when, when grown men don't give a fuck about that. They're like, Oh, I don't have to worry. Let's what? What are you, what are yeah. you talking about? Like, that's just girl, some like head in the sand shit. What was yeah, that? As a grown man, it's just like, yeah, I'll call the cops if something happens. I'm not saying cops don't have their place, but damn dude, you gotta, you gotta have that mindset to protect your family. I mean, good gosh. I don't know. I just don't understand people that wouldn't want to do that. You know? Yeah, I think it's, like, a weird, like, mental, metaphorical, like, almost castration that's been, like, done to people for, for, from many angles. But it's, like, really? Like, we're literally relying on strangers that we don't know that are for sure far away from us. And we have no clue if, if we can even get through or how long it'll take them to be responsible for our lives and the lives of our loved ones and even our children. Like there's something very wrong with that. But like in any situation I've been in where like violence has popped off or like there's shooting happening like right behind me or like, you know, somebody attacks me out of nowhere, like in the middle of the night or whatever. Like I've been through all those scenarios. There is no time to be like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. Let me call the police and let's all wait. Uh, best case scenario, 20 minutes for them to get here. But worst case scenario, I mean, worst case scenario, they don't come at all and you don't even get through. Like, I'm not going to say who this person is, but let's just say a person that I know um, was attacked, assaulted to such a degree that they were uh, in the ICU as a John Doe for four days. Like this person was beaten within centimeters of their life. Um, And this is someone close to me. And this happened in public, like on the street. And this person was already wanted. And of course it's in Los Angeles, but this person was already wanted for a robbery and double homicide. And they were just out and the cops knew who it was. When this happened to this individual I'm referencing, the cops never even showed up. 
obviously the ambulance did because he was beaten unconscious and had skull fractures and all and brain hemorrhaging and then had to get, you know, taken to the ICU for four days till he regained consciousness. And then we found out about it. We're like, what the fuck? And then, you know, somebody from the LA Sheriff's department gives you a call and they're like, oh yeah, we're just following up on this almost murder. It's like, like they, they literally just, they were absent 100%. Like they not even on the scene and they even know who did it and he's still free. So <laughs> like, I think that people need to be aware of that. Like, especially in post defund the police days, like yeah, in my, in my home state, even like a lot of the cops actually wound up quitting when the mandates hit, you know, the vaccine mandates and shit. And cause they were like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like we're not doing that. So, so you, you may or may not have had an entire city's police force just like dip because there, there were multiple situations where somebody was either about to kill someone or someone was killed and they'd be like, you know, someone would try to call the cops and be on hold for 45 minutes and not even get through. And then they're just like, okay, I guess nothing's going to happen. And it's just, that's, that's what it's like in some parts of this country. And people are not aware of that. And they're like, oh, well, I, I won't believe it until the news tells me. It's like, well, the news is not going to tell you. Yeah, they're um, waiting gets to their town. Yeah. They I know. And I'm like, why, why don't it's, it's, it, I mean, the same thing right now is even going on. Like, I, I mean, I'll watch my words obviously because, um, this will be on YouTube or whatever, but with certain, um, medical procedures and, uh, products, let's just say everybody's just now up in arms about finding out some truth about it. And I'm just like, Hey, dude. I'm like, I'm like, it's cool that you get it, but the fact that you like ostracize your loved ones who have been telling you this for years and even other really prominent doctors and science scientists in that field that were saying the same shit and you were cool with all of us being like just erased from the planet. But now that the people who are doing it are admitting it to you, now you're like, oh my God, how could they do it? It's like, what like you gotta wait for them to admit it to believe it like over your own family so i don't know what like what's up like what kind of spell work is going on around here but like it's something it's it's something when people you know believe uh you know talking heads on the news more than they do their own like their own kin their own community it's their their own common sense stuff that you can see i I mean and they still believe that tv i mean it's just some kind of I don't know, some kind of complacency there that I, I can't even understand. I can't tell you how many times I, I got called a nut job for not taking the hokey pokey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now everybody everybody sees the truth about it and they're like, oh man, I can't believe that. It's like, how many people were trying to tell you? I, I don't know. There's just no hope for some folks. And it, it, it is, it is wild too. Cause a lot of them, a lot of people, like some people like, I'm like, yeah, I could see why you would have fallen for that. But then there's others that I'm like, God, you're really smart in respect to like every other area in life. Like how did that get past you? But you know, I mean, it's the, the greatest hypnosis marketing campaign in, in our modern history, I believe. So there's, oh, yeah. you know, there's definitely a lot of ways, um, I, you know, but it's, yeah, it's wild. I mean, there, let's just say that like gun laws for sure. And also that type of like hypnosis culture of everything's fine. Just follow the narrative and fall in line and do exactly as you're told. That's the oh, shit yeah. that I was like, I have to get away from this. Like, it's not enough for me to 
Like, cause you can't, that's like trying to like fight the ocean. If you're surrounded by it, like you're not going to convince anybody. You're just going to be exhausted and pissed off every day. Like it's not worth, like, just get out. Like, just don't, don't deal. Like just leave. Like that's, and that's why a lot of people have left. Um, so that like, those were some of my largest reasons for getting out of those areas is because, and especially in 2021 where like you had to have proof of having taken that substance to like get a job or enter public buildings or, you know, go here, go there. Like, you literally were pretty much banned from doing any kind of activity if you didn't have your papers. And I'm like, how was right. that not enough of a red flag for people? Like, how did that not ring any alarms? But it didn't. So, um, I don't know. We're living in very interesting times. I mean, were you into preparedness before, like pre 2020? Um, I was, but it was hard to afford mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like financially. And, um, you know, after that started, um, I'd always kind of did, I'd say a, a couple of weeks worth of stuff, you know, water and food. I've always tried to do that. But after, you know, the pandemic, it really set in that like, man, you need to have enough, you know, for your family. Cause, cause I mean, that just shown so quickly too. That was just what was crazy to me, how quickly all that came about and how extreme it could get and how quickly and how stupid people act on stupid stuff. Like the toilet paper thing, people fighting over toilet paper, toilet paper. Who the hell saw that coming? I mean, <laughs> the beginning of 2020, more fire that that was the record year ever for new firearm owners you know oh it was 2020 yeah i I think it was 2020 and uh, you know it's it's like some kind of insane number i don't know that number exactly i'd have to look it up but i mean you know and, and i guarantee all these people that start buying firearms at one time thought in their little bubble like oh i just call the cops and then the cops get defunded mm-hmm. and then cops ain't showing up now. And, and then you can't find food. You can't find toilet paper, all these basic necessities and uh, people's robbing each other just to get this stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know. So uh, I think a lot of big cities, inner cities are starting to wake up uh, people in there. And then it's, yeah, I don't know. There's just uh, I get, I don't know if it's certain uh, classes of people or what, but, there's still some out there that's just, it's like they got their head buried in the sand. Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, I have my days where I'm hopeful. I have my days where I'm like, I don't give a shit. Do what y'all want. I'm going to keep doing this. And then I have other days where I'm just like, can I get off the planet? Or like, maybe I should apply for dual citizenship and go back to Sicily and just tell my now deceased grandmother's spirit sorry, we're, we're going back. It worked out for you. It, it, this is not, it's not working anymore. Like we're going back, we're going back, going back to Sicily. Like, fuck it. Not that like, this isn't a, cause I believe this is a global, a global thing, a global demolition, but, um, it's a sliding scale on like what degree of, you know, Babylonian fuckery you're in. And, you know, we kind of, we are in one of the hotbeds for it. So, you know, with that said, um, I'm definitely glad that we got linked with TAC response. I'm definitely glad that we like, you know, got that training. It's interesting to hear about the difference of defensive versus aggressive 
training. You'll probably fucking love fighting, right? That'll probably be really easy for you. Or, I don't want to yeah. say easy, but feel more natural for you if you're used to training with an M4. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would enjoy fighting rifle. That's definitely on the plan, on the schedule one day. I, I would love to do that. But yeah, as far as tactical response, definitely ten out of ten recommend. Yeah, to everybody. So if anybody is list, like listening and, and questioning if if you should take a class, yes, even if you're scared, I was scared. I was. I was like, I don't know what to expect. I'm nervous just for the simple fact that you don't know what to expect, and you're like, I. I don't know all the things. I don't have all the things. Like I still had to rent a lot of that gear. Like I, I didn't own that shit. You know what I mean? Like, like I didn't have the, the, the covering for the ear or the, or the like eye like covering or none of that. I had to rent that shit. Cause I was like, this is, you know, it's a lot of stuff to accumulate at once. Like once you're signed up and you're like, Oh shit, we're going. So uh, do it. And also they train. I didn't know this. They train worldwide. I thought that it was only in Camden, but when I looked on their website, I was seeing like, upco- I, like I saw one where it was like upcoming class, Seattle, Washington. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. so, so the legacy that James Yeager left is like unbelievable on almost every level. Like just what? unbelievable. And James and Nate went to Ukraine. And them and some other guys. Oh, Nate was the one that went with them? Holy yeah. shit. Nate, they went to Ukraine. They trained. There's no telling how many people over there. So they practically got tactical response classes running for soldiers and civilians getting ready to fight in Ukraine right now. What? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. See, Get on YouTube. See oh, holy uh, their shit. debrief and everything. Okay, so I'm going to need to – I'll link that. In the dis- if so, if anybody's watching this on YouTube, actually, it doesn't matter where you're wa- listening or watching, even if you're doing an audio only, uh, if there's a description box, I will make sure to link that because I want to check that out. But that's because I, I actually have some friends in, I have friends in both Ukraine and Russia. So I'm just, oh. that whole situation, I'm just like, oh, like pretty much everybody is like, what the fuck? Like nobody really yeah. knows what the fuck it, is going on. It's like a ticking time bomb over there. Oh, oh yeah, it definitely is. Um, but like, I mean, especially in the, like, I mean, I don't even know. I guess I should be careful what I say because it's like, you know, it's not my story. It's like what they have told me, but, but it's, but no, but people are very confused. It's basically, yeah. they're just like, what the fuck is this shit about? So um, that's amazing. And that's another example of why, like being prepared yourself and having a community of preparedness, you just go do it. Cause what they did, if Nate James and whoever else went to Ukraine and helped people like all, probably on a much more intense scale than, than what we experienced because they're in an active war zone. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's more than what the fuck our government is doing and how many billions of, of the fucking dollars are being shoveled over there. You know, it's like, it's not a secret that like, this is, you know, a proxy war between the the West and Russia. And this is like, you know, psyops layered in psyops, but it's also true that, you know, people are being used as like basically human collateral for like opposing political forces that are never going to step foot on a battlefield. And that's, what's fucked. So the fact that they went over and did that shit is amazing because I know that, you know, none of the money that goes to, I mean, like we don't have soldiers on the ground doing that kind of shit. Like, no, no. So people volunteering to go help train people over there. Say what? I said, there isn't many people at all volunteering to go help train people over there. 
You mean like um, in general or in the military? Well, like what James Yeager did, like what Tactical Response did. I, I mean, they had to, you know, I remember uh, for a little while people were, do- they were asking for donations so they could get up the money to get over there because you couldn't just fly over there. I think they had to go into Poland or whatever and then get trains. I mean, it was kind of, it was sketchy how they had to get over there. They talk about all of that in that debrief. It's, it's pretty interesting. Holy shit. Yeah, that uh, is wild. Oh my guy, God. He's on YouTube. Uh, his channel. I've not watched him much, but uh, it's the last American outlaw and Nate and James Yeager. They're the three that's in that uh, debrief. And it's, it's very interesting. About okay. their experience. Wow. That's so that's huge. Like that, that is, I feel like I had heard some about him being over there, but I didn't like, I didn't have that much information and I didn't know Nate was one of them either. Nate never said anything. That's crazy. Yeah. I asked about it when we were in the team room, just because I had seen that already. And, uh, he was telling me that was, uh, his belief that that was the greatest thing he had done with his life is helping those people over there, trying to get them squared away. So that was a, that was a pretty solid accomplishment for him. Wow. Yeah. That's like, I'm like, damn, if I would have known that I would have, I would have, I would have had some questions for sure. But yeah, that is fucking wild. That is, yeah, I know most people don't want to be involved in any way. Most people are just like, Hey, can we fucking not start another war and like tank, you right. know, the planet or possibly vaporize it? So yeah, yeah people are not, you know, interested in, in, in engaging with it. Like I guess, um, military recruitment rates are, or people rates of people wanting to enlist are like at a record low right now. And it's like, well, pick one of 50 reasons why that might be like, I, that's not super surprising to me. Yeah. I mean the government that's literally, literally starting this stuff. Like, why would you want to possibly have to go fight for that when you're sitting here you can look at 10 different options he could have took to prevent it it's like why aren't we trying to prevent this stuff i mean my god dude it's crazy right now it's so it's so stupid it's so silly sorry youtube yeah (laughs) yeah i know i don't know i don't know if they'll pick up on that or not because this is like the end of the episode so they might not they might not there's Certain keywords will get you like like insta fucked, but uh, but we haven't. I don't think we've said any of those those words. So um, so I think we're good. But yeah, they might. I mean, you never know. Whatever their like hot topic of the day for like consuming everyone's attention is, if you speak against it, you're out. You know, you're out. So. There it goes. What? For a second. Huh? I said I lost you for a second. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. You're, the, so for anybody like watching or listening, we have had like so many te- technical difficulties trying to do this. It's ridiculous. So it's my fault. I'm out in the boonies. No, I mean, it, well, I, I also did not know. Like, I hadn't done the the joint stream yard streaming to another platform thing. And then like it worked, but it like, there was like a delay on our phone. So I was like, Oh, it's not working. And right when I hit stop, it started. And I was like, Oh my God. And then it like, just would not let us do it again. And I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, we're just going to have to record this like a podcast. So 
I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, is there, do you feel like, uh, you know, with, with your experience, just, you know, growing up around firearms, like living in, you know, cause you come from a, a different culture than I do. I come from my, from a culture where, well, not everybody, but like the mainstream culture out there is like very like just, I've had people say the dumbest shit to me when they've like seen or heard about me using firearms. Like it is so, I'm just like, how are you even asking me that question? Like, yeah. just the most mind-blowing stupid shit ever. Um, so the propaganda works phenomenally. But for from your perspective, like, as a, as a man, as somebody who values being a protector, being prepared, and someone who does have military training and, like, you know, is not brand new to handling a firearm, like, I don't know, what would you tell the dudes that are in our peer group right now? Because I feel like a lot of them, I'm like... I look around and I'm like, some of y'all are, some of y'all are cool, but the majority I'm, I'm fucking concerned because I feel like it's like children in, in adult bodies and it's, it's fucking scary. Cause I'm like, you yeah. guys are, you guys are going to be like having kids and shit, or you already do have kids and it's not going well. So like, do you have any like message for them? Because that, you know, if they um, hear it from me, they're going to, they're just going to be like, Oh, fucking what bitching. So, uh, one 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 way I look at it, and and I've had to make adjustments in my life for this for this goal too. So I got daughters, right? Try to be the man. If you got daughters, try to be the man that you would want them to marry one day. Like you don't want no dude that's putting them in last place. You don't want some dude picking drugs or alcohol over them, and you want someone to know when your daughter goes on vacation with this dude that he's going to stomp someone's ass or put someone in the ground. If someone tried to harm your daughter, you know what I mean? Things like that. Just try to be a person that you would want them to find one day, I guess. Yeah. I really made big life changes when I met my wife. Well, thank God for that, because uh, a lot of people, both men and women, do not rise to the occasion, and then we just have, like, you know, what we have today. So, and I guess if, if there's if there's people out there that are like, well, I don't have daughters, I have sons, it's like, well, hey, don't, make sure that your son is that type of dude, and isn't, like, a fucking plague to everyone that he meets, and, like, just breathes right. chaos everywhere he goes, and maybe someone else might fucking put him in the ground if he, you know, missteps. So, like, don't, don't be, like, yeah, just be really conscious of fucking how you behave. Because, I, like, I don't know where the concept of responsibility has gone. But it's like, yo, if, if you're an adult on planet Earth, you, you are responsible to take care of, like, people who are younger, older, vulnerable in any type of way. Like, we have that responsibility. And it's just amazing how I feel like it is so socially acceptable to shovel that off either in the form of blame ignorance denial or the government will take care of it the cops will take care of it social services will take care of it you know whatever and i understand some people are in situations where there's literally no one else and they have to depend on that like i get that i've been there before i'm not talking about those people i'm just saying the people that instead of growing up are just like, nah, someone else will take care of it. Like, just let me just comatose my way through life and like, fuck anybody who has a problem with it. So, so I I appreciate that, that you did address that because that's something that, uh, is definitely on the minds of many women that I know, like as a concern right now. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I um, I I would say I got lucky. I'm the lucky one in in mine and my wife's relationship. But I, I know she's she says she's pretty lucky too. But it was uh, I don't know. It was weird. It, I quit drinking. I quit uh, doing a lot of stupid stuff. I quit hanging around a lot of people I used to hang around with. Not that I don't like them anymore, but just you know that's just not the lifestyle I want I want to live now. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, I've definitely had different goals in mind. Like my way of thinking has definitely changed since I got daughters also, which sons too. If you got sons, I would say be the man that's, uh, the kind of man that's going to gain you a respectable woman someday, you know, uh, set that example for your son, show them how to treat a woman, how to be respectful. Uh, don't run around on women, you know, all that good stuff. Don't, you know, pick alcohol and drugs over careers that take care of your family and always be a protector. Things like that. I got deep, didn't it? I mean, I, I think it went where it needed to go because that's like a, that, that's a huge, that's a huge fucking problem right now. I see it everywhere, like daily. I mean, if it's not somebody like yep. upset about it happening to them, Maybe I'm experiencing it or I might just be observing it like as a third party. But I, there, I mean, there's, I see it all the time and I kind of have for a while, but I feel like it's really gotten a lot worse in the last handful of years. Like, I don't remember it being like this 10 years ago. Um, I mean, even the, uh, there was a man that I was that who, who he's passed away, but I was with him for a very long time. And we were together when we were really young. And when he was 16 years old and I was slightly, slightly younger, actually I might've, maybe he was 17 and I was 16 at that point. I'm not sure. But, um, there, we were getting out of a show and it's just a bunch of like high school kids. We're getting out of a concert, like downtown in a big city um, and like a shooting went down and like somebody, like it was so many shots rang out and there were hundreds of people in the street. This was like right when a giant concert got out, all the, there were already cops everywhere. Cause they just, they assumed with what concert it was that there might be a fight, but it sounded like somebody let off a whole clip. Like it was like just, and it did, it was def. it sounded like it was like auto, an automatic weapon. It was, it was crazy, but everybody screamed, panicked, started running and the shooting was going on like behind me. And I got separated from him and everyone else I was with because of the stampede. So it was like that scene in the lion King. Like, you know what I mean? When like all the, they all start fucking running and shit. So it was like, I was like, man, if I don't catch a bullet, I'm going to get trampled by one of these bitches or whatever. Cause these are like hundreds of people screaming and running for their lives. And my either 16 or 17 year old boyfriend ran into oncoming gunfire and against the current of screaming, terrified humans that were all much older than us to grab me and find me and pull me out of that. So it's like when people are like, oh, men don't do that. I'm like, yeah, they actually fucking do because I've experienced it. So be rare, but they do it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's rare and it shouldn't be rare. It's like, it, yeah. you know, people need to, recognize that that war like on both femininity and masculinity and just in general unity amongst people but for sure against men a hundred percent women are deal with a different war men deal with one just as much in the same but 
it's just not talked about as much and it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Cause that should not be rare. That should be a normal reaction for like really any human being. Like it should not be like, we should not be so obsessed with self-preservation to the point that like everything around us is expendable because like, right. that's just not, that's just not human to me. So, so I don't know. I know that they're out there, but again, very, very rare. So I'm definitely glad that, that you met somebody that it like was the catalyst for you changing all that shit in your life. Because, uh, usually the way that story goes is the woman will meet the dude and it doesn't work out because he wasn't willing to change it or he couldn't change it or whatever, you know, he'd lie and say he did, but he, he wouldn't. And, you know, so that's, that's pretty fucking incredible that that you were able to turn that around. That's something I try to tell everybody. Um, People do not change until they themselves make the decision to change. They will not change for you. They will not change for their kids. They won't change, you know. There's just some people out there, until they make the decision for themselves, they will not change. Ever. They will tell you they're doing better. They will tell you whatever. They won't. I've got them in my family. (laughs) I love them, but it's just, it is what it is. And 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 that's what happened to me, you know. I didn't treat every woman in my life. I mean, I've always treated women good, but I've never treated a woman with as much, I've never had as much love and respect for someone as I do my wife now. It was just something, I guess I hit an age, or maybe she was the one, and it's finally, it just made me, not just for her, but for me to make that change. Like, like I just, you know, I don't know. It was, and it wasn't easy. It took me, you know. I don't know. I'd say a couple of years, which I did stop the drinking pretty cold turkey. I did quit that, but, but yeah, it's a, it's just a thing, unfortunately, you know, and now the government's mind screwing people worse. Now they're like, Oh yeah, men can be women. Women can be men. They don't want you to value anything and to work for anything. They just want you to submit to whatever BS they want to throw at you. They want you to depend on them fully. They are the way. That's like what they want you to think. It's like, no, being a good man, being a good woman, I ain't gonna lie, that's a struggle. That's an everyday struggle. Uh, You know, me being a Christian, that's a struggle following Christ, you know. That's a struggle. I ain't gonna, especially in this day and time. Mm -hmm. Now they're getting to where they're wanting to demonize Christians, you know. And uh, hell, I'm thinking that is the found, that is part of the foundation of this country. You know, the founding fathers, not all of them were Christians, but they all believed that if you treat people morally the way Christians believe in, you know, the way the Bible lays it out, you can have a good society. They agreed to that. They were like, you know what, I'm not a Christian, but I do agree with uh, if you don't kill people, if you don't steal from people, don't commit adultery, you know, don't lie, you know, that can be a pretty good society. And that was an agreement. I think that was why this country gained the best country in the world's reputation. So, but yeah, it's a it's a struggle to do right, and I hate how they're they're just wanting people to give in to this evil and all this BS. They don't want to create fighters for what they believe in. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. They don't want opposition. 
They don't, right. they do not right. want fighters. They want people that are, they, they basically want a bunch of peasants who have no idea what is going on and are just constantly yep. bickering amongst themselves, possibly killing each other, doing their job for them. Like they just want really controllable, like dissolved identity less, like no, yep. no connection amongst them like completely controllable like animals i mean they just they want like cattle basically yeah. uh and then we'll be real easy to replace with with ai and their little fucking transhumanism agenda which i guess that would be at a whole other topic right there but i'm just like you guys like aren't even seeing how you're like kind of making this like real fucking easy but you know so i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen with that but that is 100 percent going on and like the ultimate antidote is for people to start having faith in each other and giving a shit about each other again so the ultimate antidote simply put as a starting point would be love but so but yeah. that's the one thing that they like to the t are counting on us not being able to do is to like co like organize and unify and give a shit about each other and like be able to see past instant gratification and be controlled with temptations and shit. So, you know, it, it is really weird to see the rare people that are aware of that. And then everyone else that's just getting swept away by it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird time to be alive right now. It really is. It is <laughs> nice to meet people, other people that's awake. Yes, most definitely. So we'll like, we'll stay in touch for sure. I know your wife added me on Facebook, so I was glad to see that. And so like, I would love for you guys to like, as soon as I figure out the dates, I will uh, let you guys know. Cause that would be really dope. If you guys could come to self-reliance festival at SOE. And then um, if y'all are taking immediate action, medical is still in April. I don't know if you are still or not, but if you are, I'll probably take that as well. I'm trying, I'm not actually signed up for it yet, but, uh, that's our plan right now. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna kind of see how the rest of this year goes. I did already sign her up for that, uh, that class with, uh, Raquel and Tactical Response. So, and that one's in April too. Oh, but, it is? Um, oh, shit. Yeah, it's in, but, uh, hopefully, Lord willing. We'll be doing the immediate action medical together too, because she's in nursing school, so she's really into the medical side of things. Oh wow! So she'd be a, she'd be that that would be great for somebody who is actually going into the medical field to have like tactical medical training as yeah. well. Because like, there's no way they're teaching that shit in school. No. Not a chance. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, in school they want you to think that that's never going to happen to you. So, um, yeah, that's fucking great. So, so yeah, we'll stay in touch. I will, uh, get this, this video out with all of its technological issues as soon as possible. Um, I definitely appreciate getting to chop it up with you. And yeah, like if you guys can, if we can find a way to, they're going to keep doing self-reliance festivals like every few months. So like, it's, it's never like dead in the water. Like, but I think the one in March is going to be it just keeps upping like after every time it's just, you know, I definitely put out cause uh, I found John, I think as, that's his name, right? John. John yeah. Willis. John Willis, John and Amanda Willis are who, who and I've been listening to some of his stuff and uh, he's definitely got the right, right mindset. So uh, for sure, yeah, I definitely, definitely want to check that stuff out. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, he, he is a very, very smart person. Very smart. So yeah, you you would love the whole group of people at that like at SOE like up there. I love going up there. I told Miles like I feel like it's this is a glitch in the matrix because I come out here and everyone's chill as fuck and like super nice. There's like good food. Everyone's just like you know it's it just feels like peace and like authentic and real. And then you, like, drive back into town, and it's, like, just driving through this force field of, like, ah, fuck. Like, just back to real life or whatever. But, so, yeah, it, so it's, it's, it has, there's a healing effect being out there and being around those people as well. So, so yeah, I look forward to, to another reunion of epic proportions, without a doubt. 